0: Whole idea of being a a church planting, gospel spreading movement. Amen. Good morning, everybody. Doing well this morning, dude. Hey, uh, listen, Daniela, look her up on Spotify. I'm telling you, she is the. Thank you, thank you. What a beautiful, beautiful voice that you have, man. And download, download whatever she's got. Play whatever she's got. Let's get some. Uh, let's get some uh, movement on Spotify. Is that cool? Is that right? Come on now. She's all right? She all right? Like we gotta, we gotta promote, we gotta promote our own people and everything that that. So, I, I think I've met everybody, but I'm Casey. I'm one of the uh, pastors uh, serving alongside you. We're in a season where we've gotten several people that are going to be giving messages this uh, this uh, summer, and uh, it's good to be back in the pulpit. Uh, next week, we've got Jay Sloan, who's uh, going to be our like we're sending Jay and Rhonda Sloan out to plant a church out in Spring Hill called Believe Church, which is awesome. And you guys had a had a gathering out there and that kind of thing. He's gonna be giving the message, talking about what's going on uh next week. Then we're gonna have Ben White uh, gonna be giving the message next week. And uh Ben, I think you got, you and Daniel, you and Ben are gonna be starting a, a new discipleship group, right? Woo boy, I tell you what, we got discipleship groups going up all over the place, man. It's kind of neat. I think we got 25 or 30 new people about to get discipled, so uh, watch out, world, because the movement's coming to you, right? So it's going to be, it's cool. But uh, yeah, we got, uh, and then uh, Caleb Allen is going to be back in the house. Uh, We might give him a week or two, I don't know, you know, we'll see, you know what I mean? uh, She's been in labor for three weeks, it's been amazing, Uh (laughs) uh-oh, I'm stuck. Got it, thank you very much. What's that? I know, that's right, I know, that's right, bring that baby. Hey, Caleb, if you're watching, bring that baby here. All right, yeah, so we're ready for it, man, we're ready for it. Hey, I wanted to address something that uh, I typically do not talk politics from the standpoint of from the pulpit, if you will, like uh, legislation and that kind of thing, too. I want to address uh, the vote from last week. You know, a lot of people, were I was getting kind of pressure to, hey, man, you need to talk about this vote, this value, them both amendment, and all that kind of stuff. You need to talk about it from the pulpit and that kind of thing. Here's the, here's the, the, the skinny on what I do as a teacher of the Word of God. I stick to the Word of God. Regardless of what the pressure from the society is to address this issue or that issue or this issue or that issue, I'm going to preach the Word of God and let God do His thing. One of the things I love about being a preacher and being a pastor is that I get to blame Jesus for everything. Like If, if somebody's like, well, I disagree, I'm like, take got up with Jesus, I didn't come up with it. Right, he's God. Right, like like if I believe that in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God, and the Word was with God, and that Word becomes flesh and makes His dwelling among us, then what we are reading and what we are studying is from the Scriptures. Amen. And and if what we got to do is we got to look at everything through the lens of what does God say and and what we tend to do is get embroiled in the sympathies of people and yeah but what about this poor person that does go through that and what about that this this person that goes through that and that kind of thing and we and we we get get ensnared and entangled in the affairs of people and the sympathies of people and the and the and, and feeling sorry for certain people that have certain things going on and we, we forget that hey it's god that created absolutely everything we see including you and including me and so when we start looking at things from the lens of what are we supposed to believe? How are we supposed to look at this legislation or that legislation? And how are we supposed to look at this vote and that vote? Guys, here's the deal. Look at it from the lens of God's word and let God himself guide you. And what I, what I, what I want to say, uh, like from this whole uh, vote from last week, listen, there's, there's good Christian people that voted one way and there's good Christian people that voted another way. And because you're looking at the standpoint of, okay, do we allow the court system to deal with this issue or do you allow the representatives to deal with this issue? Either way, we're putting it in the hands of people, and yet we've got to be thinking from the uh, a much higher level. And when we start thinking about things like, what is life? And I, I even talked to a person this week that I, man, is a solid believer. Like, man, I don't know what... Like, like, does life begin at conception? I'm still confused about those kind of things. And I just want you to understand, biblically, this is what I gather from what God says. There are two things. Psalm, Psalm 139, David writes, that you knit me together in my mother's womb. That's what he said. And he's talking to God. So you knit me together in my, my mother's womb. And what, what got it for me When I'm starting to talk about, hey, what does God say in his word? What does God actually believe? Like, what does God want me to believe? Because if ultimately what I've got to do is I've got to say whatever my feelings are, whatever my political views are, whatever my emotions are, whatever my stances are, whatever my sense of right and wrong is, ultimately has to submit. I have to submit myself ultimately to God and whatever he says, right? And so I think about the whole idea, when we, and, we, and we talk about this at Christmas time a lot of times, but in Luke 1, when, when Mary is, 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 is conceived by the Holy Spirit for, and, and is carrying Jesus, and within just a few days is in the presence of Elizabeth, and Elizabeth says, wow, wow, like my six-month-old uh, in my womb right now is jumping because of your child, who's only a few days conceived. The child in you is blessed. So, like, ultimately, what do we, like, regardless of how we vote, are we voting for the sympathy of people? Are we ultimately submitting our desires to God and his word? And that's the thing we've got to understand, right? Amen. Because if we're going to be going out and and we're going to be reaching the lost, which is what we're called to do, man, we better believe what God said. We better have it in our heart, in our mind, in our soul, everything we're standing on. Like, whatever God says is what we're going to do. Because if we don't and we're going to try to evangelize, we're going to get eaten alive. Like, it will tear you up. Amen. Like, how many people have gone out there with just kind of like a willy-nilly, I don't know about this, I don't know if I believe this, but I'm going to tell people because I'm supposed to because I'm a Christian, and you get eat up, right? It's happened to a bunch of people. Guys, if we don't have a solid foundation in the Word and an understanding, I'm not saying you got to have everything memorized. I'm talking about it's got to be in your heart. Like you firmly believe what God has said in His Word. And what we're seeing in the book of Acts as we're talking about this movement, these people had no doubt. Like they went through all kinds of things. They like, They saw that that Jesus himself fulfilled hundreds of prophecies from the Old Testament that they had believed, and he comes and he, and he does everything that he says he's going to do, and he rises from the dead. They saw him dead and they saw him alive. They're like, man, we can't, we can't even die. It's incredible. And in Acts 13, here's what, what we're going to find out. Verse 13, Paul and his companions set sail from Paphos, and came to Perga and Pamphylia. John, however, left them and went back to Jerusalem. They continued their journey from Perga and reached Antioch in Sidia. On the Sabbath day, they went into the synagogue and sat down. Listen to this. this is, I'm, I'm going to pause. There are some really cool nuggets of information when it comes to sharing the good news and sharing the gospel here. After reading the law and the prophets, and when we start... We, what, what the law and the prophets are are the entire Old Testament. Some people think, well, you know, they only read the first five books, which people call the Pentateuch. Uh, then uh, some people say, well, some people they didn't read all the books. Actually, the Pharisees read all the Old Testament. The Sadducees only considered the first five books of the Old Testament to be legitimate, um, which is sad, you see. That's a Kinderhots joke. Right? So that's how you remember it. But, but ultimately, there were a, lot of, there were a lot, of, lot of temples and a lot of synagogues that, that had the entire, they, they would read the law and the prophets, right? This is why Jesus, when he comes on the scene, he goes, I didn't come to abolish the law and the prophets. I came to fulfill them, which he did over hundreds of times. It's beautiful. On the Sabbath day, they went to the synagogue and sat down. After reading the law, after uh, the reading of the law and the prophets, the leaders of the synagogue sent word to them saying, Brothers, if you have any message of encouragement for the people, you can speak. And in other words, they 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 read the law and the prophets, and they, they said, Anybody got any words of encouragement for us today? You ever sit around and then do that? Anybody got something in like 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 to help us out uh, in our day, right? It's gonna be kind of a rough day. Anybody got some good news for us? Check this out. And Paul stood up and motioned with his hand and said, Men of Israel. You, and you who fear God, listen. The God of this people, Israel chose our ancestors, exalted people during their stay in the land of Egypt, and led them out with a mighty arm. Now, you're going to hear some, this is a great summary of what happened in the Old Testament leading up to the New Testament, leading up to Jesus. And for about 40 years, he put up with them in the wilderness, and after destroying seven nations in the land of Canaan, he gave their land to them as an inheritance. This all took about 450 years. And after this he gave them judges until Samuel the prophet. Then they asked for a king. Now if you went through relatives with us, you understand this is kind of the the breaking point where people stopped trusting God and wanted to put their hands in the affair or their 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 affairs in the hands of men. So they said, God give us a king and God says to Samuel, "Hey, don't worry about them. They're not rejecting you. They're rejecting me as their as their king." And they said, "Let's get us more government, and we can be like all the other nations." It's really a sad thing, a sad state of affairs when a people that love God have been protected by God, have been historically uh, special uh, to God, ultimately reject God. It's just what we tend to do over history. This all took about 450 years. After this, he gave them judges until Samuel the prophet. Then they asked for a king, so God gave them Saul, the son of Kish, a man of of the tribe of Benjamin, for 40 years. After removing him, he raised up David as their king and testified about him. I have found David, the son of Jesse, a man loyal to me who will carry out all my will. From this man's descendants, according to the promise, God brought the Savior Jesus to Israel before he before he uh, came to public attention John had previously proclaimed a baptism of repentance to all the people of Israel and this is what we were talking about a second a little bit ago where John who's six months in the womb is leaping at the presence of Jesus who is days in the room in the womb then as John was completing his life's work he said who do you think I am I'm not the one but look someone is coming after me and I'm not worthy to untie the sandals on his feet. Brothers, son of Abraham's race, and those among you who fear God, the message of this salvation has been sent to us. For the residents of Jerusalem and their rulers, since they did not recognize him, or the voices of the prophets that are read every Sabbath, have fulfilled their words that were written down by condemning him. Though they found no grounds for the death penalty, they asked Pilate, to have him killed and then they've had when they had fulfilled all that had been written about him they took him down from the tree and put him in a tomb verse 30 here we go oh, baby amen's all right baby amen's all right that's all right she's like oh no that's fantastic verse 30 but god raised him from the dead let's go Dude, you guys, and what he's telling these guys, like, look, y'all are all jacked up. Y'all helped fulfill prophecy, right? Y'all all helped, were a part of this. But it was all written down that he'd be betrayed by his people. But it was also written down that he was going to rise from the dead, and he does it. How cool is that? And he appeared for many days to those who came with him from Galilee to Jerusalem, who are now his witnesses to the people. And we ourselves proclaim to you the good news of the promise that was made to our ancestors. God has fulfilled this for us, their children, by raising up Jesus as it is written in the second psalm. You are my son. Today I have become your father. See, I think it's really crucial and important. For people to understand, I've, I've I've heard people say even Christians say things like, you know, the Old Testament really doesn't matter anymore. The New Testament is really what the what we're all about and that kind of thing. And I understand there's some things that Jesus fulfilled. But without the Old Testament, there is no New Testament. Without the Old Testament like proclaiming this is the Messiah who's coming, the anointed one is coming, right? And this is what he keeps saying. He's like, listen, this is the guy that we've been reading about, that we've been t- talking about, that... Our granddad and our great-granddad and our great-great-great-great-great-great-great-grandparents talked about that. This Messiah is coming. We've seen Him, and He fulfilled it all. How beautiful is that, right? It's pretty amazing to, to be even thinking like that. Verse 34, since He raised Him from the dead, never to return to decay, which is a prophecy that His body would not see decay, He has spoken in this way, I will grant you the faithful covenant blessings made to David. Therefore, he also says in another passage, you will not allow your Holy One to see decay. For David, after serving his own generation in God's plan, fell asleep, was buried with his fathers, and decayed. But the one one God raised up did not decay. Think about this. There is no decay in our Lord's body. Only guy in history well maybe elijah who was taken up like like a fire you know that kind of thing but i'm as far as somebody who actually physically died the only person in all of history to never have a body decay that sounds kind of weird kind of think about but i'm going to explain something here in just uh, just a second therefore let it be known to you brothers that through this man forgiveness of sins is being proclaimed to you and everyone who believes in him is justified from everything that could not be justified through the law of Moses. So beware that what is said in the prophets does not happen to you. Look, you scoffers, marvel and vanish away because I'm doing a work in your days, a work that, will never, that you will never believe even if someone were to explain it to you. See, here's the thing. When I start talking about the fact that Jesus never saw decay, I think this is an important thing for us to to really understand that if we are in him, we do not die. That is weird to think about from the, from the standpoint of everybody dies, right? Well, here, here, here's the reality. Uh, man, as I'm talking to people about the Lord and they're talking to me about other religions and other religious figures like Muhammad, like Buddha, like Confucius, like Joseph Smith, like you name it, right? They all have graves, Every one of those people that they're talking about, you can take a pilgrimage to Muhammad's grave today. But not Jesus. Come on, amen. Come on, somebody. Come on. Man, that's a big deal, right? Like, that's a, like, think about this. When we start talking about the fact that, that hundreds of people were willing to die for what they said they saw. Not something they were taught to believe. Not something they, they said they saw Jesus dead. They saw him alive. You can't kill me if I'm in him. You can do whatever you want to my body, but I will live on in eternity. Only guy to ever claim to be God. Only guy to ever say, hey, all those scriptures are written about me. Everything you're reading, he even claimed it. He said, I'm God. I'm the Messiah. You see the Father. You see me. And then rises from the dead. Non-biblical historians wrote this. I mean, we got the accounts in the, in the Gospels and in the New Testament, no doubt about it. People saw it, no doubt. But when you talk about folks like Marabar Serapion, Pliny, Pliny the Younger, Suetonius, Tacitus, Josephus, Emperor Trajan, 1st, 2nd, 3rd century historians, they were like, these people are crazy. They actually believe this. At some point you got to go, this is an historic fact. And so, for us to think, okay, I've got to go share the gospel with people, but before I, before I, and I'm not saying you got to be perfect in all the things, and you got to know every answer, and you got to listen. If you, if you are fully in, like if you fully have submitted yourself ultimately to God, and you see the world the way He sees it, and you see your 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 lens of, of of how. You respond, and how you live, and how you work, and how you love is based on what God has said. And you're filled with this Holy Spirit, and you're prayed up, and you're praying for the people you're, you're wanting to talk to. Guys, listen, there is no stopping you. But if you got doubts, if you got doubts, it's going to be tough. God is looking for people, his, his, his people, to fully believe. See, I question, if somebody has uh, struggles with fully believing in Jesus, I question salvation only because the word of God says, if you believe in your heart that Jesus has risen from the grave, and if you confess with your mouth, that Jesus is Lord and mean it, right? So, folks that are doubting, folks are like I don't know about this. You know, I'm a Christian because that's what I grew up as and that kind of thing. But I don't know if I believe it all and that kind of. Thing. I question. Guys, listen, get this straight. Amen. If you're if you're questioning, man, like like here's the deal. We've got disciple leaders in here. Raise your hand if you're a, if you're a deployed disciple. All right, come talk to. Right, keep them up. Keep them up. Keep them up. If you're a deployed disciple, come talk to one of us. Okay? If you're struggling with this whole idea of belief, listen, Jesus rose from the dead, went through an amazing amount of torture for you and me so that we don't have to go through that. And if you're doubting and if you're questioning, that kind of thing, talk to somebody. Like, this is a big deal, amen? See, there are several things we need to understand. Number one, God has a plan. He has a plan for your salvation. He has a plan for your redemption. He has a plan for your eternity. And even though we fall and we sin and we do the things, he still sends his one and only son for you and for, for me so that we don't have to, frankly, die and go to hell. So here's a couple of things. I'm going to go back to some of the ingredients stuff. There is an ingredients to sharing the good news and ingredients to understanding what the gospel is and what what salvation is. Ingredient number one is I truly believe. I truly believe. Like there ain't no question. I'm not saying you don't have questions, but there's no doubt that this God is, is, is real. This is an important piece to this. Second thing we need to understand that Jesus died for our brokenness. We're broken. It's, it's the reality of what we've got to understand. Like, And Jesus died for, for that. But then Jesus rose from the grave. And he rose from death. Man, exactly. Thank you, thank you. And how we share the gospel is we've got to Number one, believe it. We've got to help people understand that we're broken and Jesus paid that price for us. And the third thing we says we've got to help people understand is that he rose from the dead. This is what the pattern is over and over and over in Scripture. And then finally, we've got to ask the lost to accept that free gift and, well, it's not free. It costs my Lord everything. But then to join and be a part of this movement. So here's the challenge I want to. I've got a couple of challenges and I've got, got some homework for you. Challenge number one, I want you to share the gospel with someone this week that you don't, that you think there ain't no way they're gonna, gonna accept Jesus. No way. Like sh- actually share the gospel with somebody you're like, man, I got this real. You know, I got this atheist neighbor, man, driving me crazy, don't love Jesus, hates the church, all that kind of stuff. What if you actually share the gospel and let God do his thing? You never know, right? If you've got a coworker that's just, man, they, they, they walked away from the faith and they're just like, or they, 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 they grow up and they don't love Jesus or they're in, they're in another faith system or whatever it is. Or what it would look like if you actually shared the faith from a, not from a, I want to convert you but from the understanding of this Jesus actually does save and rose from the dead to show us who he is. And he's my Lord, I'm going to do what he says. It's a beautiful thing. Share the gospel you, with someone you strongly feel will not accept Jesus. That's kind of crazy. It's counterintuitive. Jesus has done all kinds of things, man. It tells us to do all kinds of things that are counterintuitive, and I love it. Challenge number two, though. I want you to sign up for what we have. It's called E3, starting October 12th. It's going to be Wednesday night, 630. And we're going to go ahead and start promoting it now. E3 is, is, stands for equipping everyone to evangelize. And we're going to go define what evangelism is. We're going to say why we're supposed to evangelize, who's supposed to do it, which is everybody. Go give that. Give that. Give that up a little bit. And then we're actually going to have some really cool techniques to learn to how to actually do it. October 12th, that's challenge number two. Homework for this week is I want you to read 1 Corinthians 15. It's interesting that Paul writes to the early church as a reminder. He says to them, hey, some of you guys have accepted this. This is the gospel. See if the patterns and the characteristics of the gospel that we have written down today, don't coincide with that. Amen? Is that helpful, guys? I know sometimes it's like, man, sometimes these things are, these things are tough, but, man, we have as a church uh, body of believers, many of us have got to understand and wake up to the gospel and wake up to the things of, of God first and foremost. Father, we love you. And we are so thankful for you and what you've done and who you are. We're thankful that you wrote down a long, long time ago, what your son, your Messiah is going to look like, where he's going to be born, what he's going to do, and the fact that he's going to rise from the dead to overcome. By his stripes, we are healed. It's a, it's incredible to think. Lord, may we never be afraid, regardless of who we're talking to, to share the good news with someone. And may we learn how to, but may we never wait until we're, quote-unquote skilled, may we just rely on you, Lord, to give us your words, your courage, and your direction. We love you, and we trust you, and we thank you. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. amen. Tina, you got a couple of things you want to say?